Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going Kaprizov, in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill, the thrill is for real. Seth Brasiak ahead, two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata, throws it off front. for the wild penalty shot to tie the game oh my what a shot you're listening to the wild takes podcast presented by 10,000 takes Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my clinchingly attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how are you, buddy? We're doing pretty good over here. It's a nice, uh, cold, rainy day, and our softball games were rained out, which honestly isn't the worst thing in the world. More time to practice. Well, yeah. Well, (laughs) nobody wants to play in this, and... uh, Injuries would have been at an all-time high tonight, I have a feeling. First game, nobody's done anything all winter. Mm-hmm. Go out in a cold, sloppy field, just tear a bunch of ACLs. Didn't sound like a good time. So we're doing no. good. We're doing good, making the most of what we can on a cold, rainy day here in Minnesota. <laughs> most <laughs> definitely. We, uh, we've got a lot to get to this week, so let's just hop right into it with our stick taps of the week. Zooch, what's your, what's your stick tap? Yeah, I had to go with him. I mean, Kevin Fiala. Let's, let's get the deal done. Let's extend the man. We need him in a wild sweater next season. He is a critical part to this team's success. And if you weren't paying attention, he's climbed up to almost a point-per-game uh, pace for the 2021 and 22 season. Yeah, the man is unreal. And he's on an absolute terror right now. I think 11 points in his last six games, which is just mm-hmm. less scoring goals left and right. Uh, yeah, we need this guy in Minnesota next season. So. Stick taps, Kevin Fiala, let's keep it up and keep it up into the playoffs, man. We need that second line to be playing how they are right now. Right? Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, just quick uh, quick numbers for you. Kevin Fiala on the season, 76 games played. He hasn't missed a game yet due to injury or suspension. And with those games comes 30 goals, 45 assists, 75 points. He is second in the wild in points. Uh, well, tied for second with uh, the Lizard King, Matthew Guerrero. And, yeah, I mean – Dude's playing absolutely unreal. It uh, it's kind of crazy to me to think that there's a world where we just let him go in the offseason. Yeah, uh, and, it's kind of funny yet, though. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny about what you just said about Kevin Fiala and Matt Zagarillo being tied in points. They whispers. They are uh, seven points off what Marion Gabrick. I'm pretty sure right. the former record. Yeah. yeah, the 82. former record. We might have three players that <laughs> surpass that. They'd probably have to get hot in these last, you know, Zuccarello would probably have to get hot. He's uh, not at the pace Fiala has been the past couple of weeks, but uh, <laughs> they they uh, they have a chance, I would say. A fighting chance. Yeah, no, they definitely have a chance. Kaprizov uh, has already tied PMB's assist record, too. He's broken the, <laughs> broken the points record, tied the assist record, broken the points, shattered the points record. Um, yeah, kid's pretty good at hockey, I'd say. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got to give a stick tap to uh, to Ryan Hartman, the Wild fans. Um, stick taps to everybody all around. We all know about the bird heard around the world from last week, but as of about twenty minutes before we started recording, Ryan Hartman officially raised thirty thousand eight hundred seventy seven dollars to donate to Children's Minnesota, courtesy of Wild fans just trying to pay his fine for flipping Evander Kane the bird. Awesome, awesome. I mean, I don't. There's nothing more to be said besides just that is awesome. And stick taps to you. Um, if you still want to help, you absolutely can. You can either donate directly to Children's MN and just uh, put a note in there for the either the fine fund or the bird fund, and they will kind of add that towards the tally. Or another thing you can do is you can go to 10ktakesmn.com and you can buy your own shirt uh, to memorialize it because 4.250% of each sale is going directly to Children's Minnesota in Hartsey's honor. So two different things for you. Um, also be on the lookout in the uh, 10k store because it's not there yet, but, uh, I have officially been given permission to announce that we will be 
launching a koozie series this summer. So if you, uh, you know, maybe a shirt is a little bit too much for you with the uh, with the bird logo on it. Maybe just wait a week or two and uh, get a koozie when they drop. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, and I mean, uh, on a point with the koozies, I'm guessing we're going to have them at all of our events we do. So you're going to make sure to come out to those because this summer we're going to be doing some watch parties into this hopefully long playoff run for the Minnesota Wild. And yeah, just be on the lookout. Lots of cool stuff coming. Especially so that's kind of been, uh, you know, pretty dry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. And it's going to be really, really good to, uh, to drink out of those. Another thing to drink with is our cup clinks of the week. I don't have a brain anymore because the latest episode of moon Knight has broken it. Uh, so no spoilers here, but, uh, Holy hell, incredible episode of television. And that is my cup clink because I haven't seen anything quite like it in a long time. Yeah. Was- mind bending for sure. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it was, it was terrific. <laughs> Marvel uh, doesn't miss with episode fours, though. So yeah, I've heard this theory that, uh, or not theory, but just a fact at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, cup clinks to you, Moon Knight and the the Marvel team. Yep. Uh, my cup clink is going to go to the Timberwolves. Hey. They started off game one very hot. Last night didn't go as well. We're recording. You're probably listening. Thursday, so two nights ago, it didn't go as well, but they got a home game tonight, Memphis. Probably the biggest two basketball games played in the state since 2004. And the Timberwolves actually have a shot in this series, which couldn't be said when they made it with uh, Jimmy Buckets. So, I mean, it's an exciting time to be a Wolves fan, to be a Wild fan, to be a winter sports fan in this state. So, uh, cup clinks to you, Timberwolves. Let's hope you pull out the next two against Memphis. Absolutely. Going up in this series three one would be incredible. Um it it's yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. The most important basketball game since two thousand four was the Clippers game, and then now these two immediately yep. have a chance to uh make it even more important. So yeah. <laughs> crazy to think. All right, uh let's get into the uh the wild week in review. Pretty crazy week. The uh the wild once again, have not lost in regulation. Um, they beat the Oilers 5-1. That's the infamous Ryan Hartman bird game. Uh, they beat the Oilers the suck. Okay, the, I'm just going to say Oilers, it. The, they, the that, that is not a – Jesus, that Pacific division is just disgusting. Like, <laughs> how the hell you, – you look at the Central. It, it, shit, I would put Winnipeg – do you put Winnipeg in the Pacific? They probably make the fucking playoffs. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just gross, dude. To, to World Hockey Report, yeah, your Oilers, we almost put a touchdown up against them again. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. The the Pacific Division is absolutely hideous. I, yeah. I, the Flames are the only real team that could come out of there. I mean, they're going to waltz to the conference finals unless they get Nashville round one. Nashville, right. heavy, heavy team. So, But so is Calgary. That's going to be an awesome series. Yeah, super tough, uh, tough scenes all around. But yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Uh, the Wild also managed to beat the Stars three two in overtime. Uh, then they lost in a ridiculously good game six five uh, to the Blues in overtime. Then they beat the Sharks five four in overtime in a really ugly game. And then they beat the Habs two nothing in maybe the ugliest shootout I've ever or a, a shutout that I've ever seen. Um, really, really tough, tough look. In that time, the Wild clinched the playoffs. <laughs> which like, you know, everybody was annoyed because we clinched the playoffs by going to overtime against the Sharks, but like we still wound up with the win. So who cares? Uh, they crossed over the hundred point threshold for the first time in a couple of years. And they have once again proven that they uh, have not lost in regulation since April 5th. And that loss against the Predators on April 5th is the only regulation loss that the wild have had since the trade deadline. It's ridiculous. They're 12, one and three since the trade deadline. They have, had games where they have come back. They've had games where they've blown leads um, and everything it's in between. It's <laughs> just a lot going on at the wild. It, there's been a lot going on. And there's so many things that you can use to describe the wild, but you know, you can call me what you want, but don't call me late for dinner kind of thing. It's ridiculous what they're doing right now, man. You, you got like I, me and Deb were talking before about Minnesota fans and the, in the replies of the wild after going down to the sharks, you would have thought this team had lost six in a row and we're like spiraling out of control. I mean, it's, absolutely sickening that some of these fans just can't be happy and just accept this team's pretty good. Yeah. Are the blues a tough matchup in the first round? Absolutely. 
but the Central is going to be tough no matter who you play. The only way it's not going to be tough is if you get into the goddamn Pacific Division because that division's awful. I'll keep saying it. That division is not very good. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, this run down the stretch. Let's hope they take four of the next six. There's a couple tough ones to end the season. Calgary's going to be a good uh, measuring stick mm-hmm. with Colorado. So, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun time. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what to expect in the uh, in the next week with our guest and then after after we're our guest here. Let's welcome on our special guest this week, Seth Topol. Our next guest is a very special guest. He is verified in your hearts and has an extremely memeable face. It is the host of Locked on Wild and a longtime veteran of Minnesota hockey coverage. Please welcome back onto the show our good friend and yours, Seth Topol. Seth, how are you, buddy? Fellas, what's happening? I am just enjoying the not spring weather um, and just enjoying getting to the end of this regular season, getting the playoffs ready to roll because Stanley Cup is still the goal and the Stanley Cup is very attainable still. So we're going to get it. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to have the damn parade and all going to be great. And Flurry's gold pads are gonna shine right off the the silver Stanley Cup. They're going to blind the Colorado yes. Avalanche, the St. Louis Blues, the Calgary Flames, and probably the Florida Panthers. Especially How, Colorado. Can't wait. How great of a gauntlet would rows. that be? Just throwing it out there to to win the thing. Like you got to go through those four. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in on this. So you guys mentioned. It's uh, it's been raining a lot, so we all remember, of course, the old adage that April showers bring May flowers. Well, what do May flowers bring? I ask you, you two of the lovely state of Minnesota, and I may posit that this year May flowers will bring Stanley Cups. Yeah, think about it. Flowers, <laughs> flurry flowers. It was horrible. When, it was when so he was bad. signed, it was flurries, and now it's flowers. It's <laughs> kinds of weather. Go, I was going to go into a whole like back to the colonization of this country thing with like, you know, the Mayflower hit Plymouth rock and you know, what else is just an absolute rock is the Kevin Fiala line. We're winning the damn Stanley. Cup and it's foreshadowing because we're going to play the Boston <laughs> Bruins who are the closest team to Plymouth rock. To win the Paul Cup. Revere ran fast. Wait until you see those Bruins defensemen trying to catch girl Caprizov off in a breakaway. <laughs> I don't. I don't think uh, for Spoke Z's mental health, we need oh, a wild Bruin Stanley Cup final. I think that be I, a... like he he dies every single day on Twitter. He always <laughs> posts that he is dead and deceased. I think that might actually kill him. No, could you imagine? Because this season, I mean, just the two games that we've played the Bruins, like I think he is dead from those games. He got lit up because Trent Frederick, all these other things that happen in the playoffs. If those two teams played, my lord, he'd now, be. He would just he would just separate into two different versions of himself. <laughs> that poor fucking guy, man. And he would die <laughs> twice every day. So I mean, he's got to deal with two. I mean, he's got to deal with two fan bases that are, you know, bad, miserable, miserable, you know, dicks. miserable fan bases. Two <laughs> miserable dicks of fan. Bases. One because they never win, and one and because they always because win. they always win. So they're just insufferable. So I yeah. mean, it goes both ways. Poor spoked. Yep, the guy is stuck between arguably two of the worst fan bases in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves because before the Stanley Cup run that we are hoping to go on, we have to beat the Blues. And the Wild obviously had a terrific comeback against the Blues that felt just short of actually being a proper comeback uh, when they, they lost 6-5 in OT. Uh, that was a crazy game. It was a very fun game. In that game, Kaprizov and Zuccarello both broke some records. Kaprizov broke the goal record. Uh, Zuccarello, the Lizard King, broke the assist record. Um, but what I love to see is, you know, it's great that they broke the record. But afterwards, they take their, like, obligatory picture with the, the puck tape, their, like, record puck tape there. And the two of them are mean mugging to hell because they don't give a shit that they just broke the record. <laughs> they just want to win. And they know that, you know, that, that was our last game against the Blues. And they're not going to get a chance to get revenge until the beginning of May. Yeah. I mean, is, I there cause, is there cause for concern right. with the, the, the Wild Blues? Blues matchup here? 
I mean, there are a lot of factors that weigh into this. And first and foremost is that I think Cam Talbot in his three starts against the Blues this year has given up something like 16 goals. So that's not great. But we see every time Jordan Greenway is not in the lineup, how important Jordan Greenway is to this lineup. And so it's it's trying to navigate what the team looks like without him. And I think we saw during that game, the two different styles, St. Louis playing their style of play early, able to get out to that, uh, that lead. And then the wild finally kind of broke through and started to play more of their style of game, which led to them being able to make the comeback and uh, ultimately just couldn't quite get it done in OT. The thing for me is that, you know, if you look at, the blues and their baby brother who is trying to do everything exactly the same way they do in the Nashville predators. Um, the predators have a pretty proven elite goalie in Juicy Saros for Juicy the Saros. I like it. The blues. Do we really buy Ville Huso? I mean, he has had, a great, he's had a great season, but is he like, I would rather take my chances that he have a slip up. And we right. saw that against the wild where he, he allowed them back in because he just, he couldn't catch anything. And that's, that's something that Zuch and I have been saying for a couple of weeks yep. actually on the pod. Um, counterpoint. It is not, we're not even three full years removed from the blues starting a random backup goaltender who got hot at the end of the year and rode that person all the way to the cup. Yeah. That's, that's my one count. He's uh, and, and I don't think he's a Jordan. He's not having a Jordan Bennington type run though. He's, he's like Jordan Bennington was unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Better than Jake Allen in the 2017 series. God damn it. Bring it up every single podcast because it just, it, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be sponged from your memory is what it needs. Yeah, to be. no, uh, I wish dude, that, that, that series haunts me. I was so confident the Wild were going to go that season and go to the Cup. Yeah, but no, I think uh, Huso definitely. I take my chance with him. I don't. He's he's fine. He's had a good season. I don't think he's got any playoff experience. No, there's no way he does. He's played 17 games before this season. Um, I don't know. I'll take the Wild's goaltending tandem. The, they'll definitely have the upper hand in that series. I think, but that they will. Um, I actually I have some five on goal- five play for that matter too. Just I have some fun goalie stats if if you guys want to hear them. Sure. Bring them. So since the trade deadline, because, you know, that's when we don't need to worry about Marc-Andre Fleury's numbers uh, from before that because he was playing for a different team, and I didn't want to have to look up uh, Talbot's numbers separately. But since the trade deadline, both of them are top five in the league in save percentage. Cam is second in goals against average. Fleury is sixth. Cam actually leads the league in goals saved above average and is fifth in the league in goals saved above expected. Uh, whereas Flower is sixth, fifth, sixth in goals saved above average and is eighth in goals saved above expected. Yeah, I still uh, I still have people on Twitter telling me we should be starting Flurry every single game. <laughs> Cam so is so stupid. I say, yeah, exactly. See, Zuch gets <laughs> it. I said all that to say Cam is playing out of his freaking mind right now. Yeah. Flurry is also playing very, very well. Yeah. Well, there, there are so many, there are a lot of angles to that. Like people will say, well, they aren't playing anybody. Like (laughs) let's remember that the wilds beat the avalanche at home in overtime. And cam Talbot was disgustingly good in that game. Oh my God. Yes. They also are playing an oil. Just in the last week, they're playing the hottest team in the league, the blues who have scored four plus in something like 12 games in a row. Yes. Uh, They are playing a, desperate stars team who is like good not great and needed a, needed every point that they can get yeah they need that point because they don't want to play the avalanche <laughs> exactly and they they needed uh they needed to beat the oilers who have the two best offensive players in the world and or well two of the you know two of the best offensive players in the world and neither of them even got a freaking point yeah, and the the thing that changes, too, is that, yes, the Blues, the Predators have all had quite a bit of success over the last handful of years against the Wilds. 
it's easy to really dissect and pick apart one game during the regular season where you as the blues have that game circle on your calendar. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're really going to get up for this one. Da, 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 da. It's really, it's really easy to make that look good when you're playing the same team in the, over the course of a series stuff evens out pretty quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I mean, that's, that's also a great point. This, this wild team, it's very good and it's very deep. And if they're healthy in the playoffs against the blues, I like our chances. I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough. The blues are going to win a few games and you already know when they win those two games, it's going to be up oh, series is over see, we told you blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I kind of like the matchup strictly based off goaltending and that, because if we were playing Saros, I, I'm not excited for that series at all. So I'm kind of excited kind of happy that the blues spread the gap in points there. So it's kind of yeah. sure going to be blues wild. And it is, it is guaranteed for that. It's just okay, a matter yeah. of who's going to have home ice, which we have a game in hand to that point. No team in the top three of the central is losing in regulation right now, unless they're playing each other. It's it's kind of, what was the stat? I think it was like 25, Oh, and three over the last, like whatever amount of games for the Colorado avalanche wild and blues. It's, yeah. It's unbelievable. The only loss was the Wild in regulation to the Preds. That was the only regulation loss out of those three teams in the past week or two. The other spot, you know, in this this Blues Wild series, the other spot that is interesting to me is you look at what Vegas did last year. They shut down the only line that really could beat you, the Caprizov line. St. Louis has not shown any capability to shut down Kirill mm-hmm. Caprizov whatsoever. And they got to try to figure out how to shut down Kirill Kaprizov. And I have a little more confidence in the Wilds defense getting healthy and becoming better and the offense staying as good as it has been. So those are all factors that I think play in the Wilds favor in that St. Louis has to try to figure out how to stop those guys. And so far, every game that has happened between these two teams so far this year, they have not been able to. And I feel like we haven't been like healthy against the Blues really this season either. When we played them in the Winter Classic, they were down a bunch of players. When we played them just last week, we were without Merrill Greenway, and I'm sure there's a couple other and and the other you're yeah, missing people as well. So I, I could be wrong. But I, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I don't think that the Grief Squad has played the Blues in full. Which is which is. Uh, I mean, they are a problem when they are healthy and they can shut down a t- any top line. They've shown it. They can shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl any day of the week. They've shown that three times this year. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I like the Blues matchup. You got to talk yourself into it a little bit because the last couple of games kind of, I mean, to to both teams have had a comeback and then we've lost in overtime both times. Two right. In in the playoffs, it's five on five overtime as well, which the Wild are a little better five on five than the uh, quite a bit better. Yes, so I, you know, it, it like I said, it's going to go six or seven games. The Blues are going to get a few wins, but I like the Wild's chances in that series. It's the next couple rounds after that against Colorado and whoever it would be. Yeah, that was the other round one. I hope let's, they. Uh, I was going to say let's 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 talk about it then. How far do the Wild go? Is this a legit cup run? Is this a flame out in the first round? Somewhere in between? What are we thinking, guys? I've been saying conference finals all year. I just I just feel like it'll they'll get there and then somehow let us down. There's there's the pessimistic Minnesota fan. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Um cup. We're not gonna I don't know if we'll win the cup, but I think the wild I, I legitimately think that the wild get there because I think they just getting everybody healthy, regardless of how the rest of these games go the rest of the year, I think is the huge X factor for this wild team. Mm-hmm. And just going into the playoffs with two lines that can, you've got maybe the hottest line in the NHL in both scoring and I I'm looks um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just you you've got one of the most like breaking lines going into the playoffs and nobody has really shown an ability to shut both of them down at the same time that includes yeah. the avalanche that includes the blues the predators up and down the line maybe the florida panthers are the only one that has 
But even then, that's over one game. I just mm-hmm. I feel like this team is as built the best it's been built in franchise history to go get a damn cup. And yeah, I think they get close. I don't know that they'll get it because like I said, the Panthers are insane, but they're built to beat anybody in the West. Well, yeah, and and here's my I, I've I've said I said this last year during the playoffs. I think Nathan McKinnon personally is a soft player when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, he whines a lot. He lets the people get in his head. He takes chippy penalties. I, you've seen it his whole entire playoff career, really. I mean, the, when has Colorado gone on a run with him? They haven't. <laughs> they usually ball out first or second round, and I don't see it being any different this year. The Wild are way heavier in the back six than them, and we have a shut. We have a line that can shut down that top line on Colorado, and who knows what they do after that. I like Colorado's team last year a little more than I do this year, to be honest. They I do too, honestly. And yeah, I, I, that's just my opinion. I know Avs fans will come out of the woodworks because they don't like hearing, you know, any. No, pre- I, I mean. But I, I really do believe Nathan McKinnon come playoff time is uh, very, very soft. I, I don't know if soft's the right word. Maybe weak-minded. <laughs> Let's people get in his head, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, I, I, I do like that matchup for the Wild because I think in their bottom six – they are very heavy, and they have the players to get under his skin and make them, you know, not play how we can play, which is plus, and good. Plus, as an added benefit, the earliest that the Wild would play the Avalanche would be the second round, so Nazem Kadri would already be suspended. Exactly. <laughs> yep, he would be. He's already done. <laughs> also, Darcy Kemper in the playoffs will already be hurt. What do we think about that? Sorry, another soft player. I. <laughs> To be Listen, honest with you, I, I I actually don't have any hate for the milkman, but um, he I don't see him. I just I don't see him being the guy. Well, and this is this is the thing in just looking at all these teams. Let's say, and it it's whether or not it does is is a different thing entirely. If your starting goalie falters and is like, we can't play this guy, like he just he's a complete liability. Mm-hmm. The Avs gonna trot out Pavel Francouz. Yeah, to, we saw how that uh, went last that. year. The Blues would go with a lesser Jordan Bennington. The than, ghost uh, of Jordan Bennington, it seems like. Like he whereas with, with the Wild, like what they've been doing with this rotation thing with Talbot and Flurry, like they're giving both guys a little bit of a breather if they have a rough night, mm-hmm. but they're also kind of they're keeping both of them ready both of fresh. them fresh yep i mean and since so since flurry has joined the wild yes yeah, sorry since flurry has joined the wild they have alternated literally every game regardless of how the team played regardless of how the goalie played they've just been switching forth in every time every time every time I which mean, i don't know if that's how you employ that in the playoffs. I'm, yeah i'm not super convinced that they'll do that for the playoffs and you know i was talking about it with state of hoppy on on twitter earlier if Push comes to shove right now. You have a gun to my head. I think Cam probably starts game one. And I think that the game one starter will probably start game two. And then uh, I think that uh, game three or game four, you you rotate in the other guy and then kind of yeah. go back and forth from that. Point. Yeah, I, dude, Cam Talbot last year in the playoffs was unbelievable. He played very well for us. He kept us in that series in games four. Or, uh, games five and six. Five and six. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, game six, he was unbelievable. Man, we also got that luck with the goal called off. In the third. What do you What Happy do you guys Austin. think? What do you guys think about doing like a home road split? Because Flurry obviously has as much playoff experience as he does. Talbot is great at home, and so let's say they get the two seed and what? host St. Louis in the first round. So here's Roll the thing. Oh, that's so weird. You say that's so weird <clears throat> to think about hosting games one and two. Because when Def said that, I was thinking, oh, we'll be on the road when we go home. We'll have flurry. Like I was, uh, yeah, it's so weird. Here, so, here's the thing. Both of these guys have playoff experience. Cam Talbot is two wins away from becoming the third goalie ever to win five or more playoff games with a franchise. With three different franchises. Also, technically, Mark Andre Fleury is five wins away from doing that. So, like <laughs> yeah. you know, we could potentially have the third and fourth goalies ever to to do that if the Wild do go on a on a deep run here. That being said, you know, like they both have 
they both do have playoff experience. Flurry obviously has a cup, and that that uh, that matters a lot. I really don't know. I, I I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if you just do. I don't think that I don't know if they do like a full road split, but I do think that games one and two in a given series will go to whoever. I think the games one and two will go to the same person, and then I think based on game flow, they'll probably rotate three through seven. Yeah. I agree. I I think I think that's ultimately what we'll see. And you know, this is this is the luxury of of having this option. And this is exactly why uh, Bill Guerin made the trade is to have a fallback if you need it. If somebody just absolutely tanks in say game one or game two, uh, but also you know keeping both guys fresh and ready. It, I think it's just it's been huge because how many guys throughout the league are getting to this point in the year. And it's like, boy, I don't know how much he has left with the fact that he started 85. Uh, Markstrom for Calgary. <laughs> also, Every UC Soros. Game? Well, UC Soros as well, yes. I can't believe they did that back-to-back shit with him. That was like, they played they play Markstrom against Arizona in a game they won 9-1. to one. What? <sighs> Why is it? You're, I'm pretty sure Arizona hasn't seen a starting goalie all year. They've probably seen everyone's backup. <laughs> I mean, why are you not playing your backup? I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, because if Mark could, we could trot out the entire Iowa Wild roster and yeah, set yeah. the NHL record for penalties in a game and beat the Arizona Coyotes like five to one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Just throw that out there right now. I, I would take the Iowa Wild versus Arizona. They got like they just were just consuming bad contracts and saying, "No, nah, we'll take it. We'll just yeah. nothing on. We'll give you nothing, but we'll just take this awful." We'll see. Yeah, no, that's it, that's a lot. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, very very bad hockey team this year. The Montreal Canadiens, also a very bad hockey team. Although they do have a little bit of life kind of shot into them because of Martin Saint Louis. Um, he's been really really cool to watch. The Wilds still run away with a uh, with the a shutout, but we need to we need to talk about Matt Boldy's goal against the Montreal Canadiens on Monday or Tuesday night because that goal was so filthy that I needed a shower just after watching it. Yeah, bouncing puck between the legs. Yeah, I'm just gonna pop that one home. That's gross, Boldy. You, you there? There are children watching. Okay, there are children. I... I could never even I would never myself even attempt that kind of a thing because they're just how does that even how does that even register into your brain as something that hey I'm directly I've got my back turned to the net but I am like I'm directly in the area to where I could potentially tap this in and the goalie's out of the crease I I saw it I saw it about a thousand times and then I went and I bought a pack of cigarettes and I just had the like, help me make it through the night. Like just, just hated myself for like a 20 minute span. Cause I was like, I'll never be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was gross. Unbelievable. He is re that line, that line is so fun. So you got, so you got Boldy doing that. You fall on this tear, taking fucking slap shots from the rock star zone, just like left and right. This team wants to score there so badly all the time. But that, oh my god, that line is so good. I, I can't even find words. They they've came out of nowhere with Boldy coming up and like, hey, they're like, okay, Boldy could be good. Maybe shoot some life into him. We never thought it'd be this good. It was, it no, was not at all. Accusation. It's crazy. So it was great. Yeah. Matt Boldy has played exactly 41 games uh this year in the NHL, which you know, for those doing quick math at home, is exactly half of a season. So therefore, we can basically take his rookie points and double it and get to what he would have been pacing for uh if he had been up here the whole time. So he has 15 goals, 20 assists, 35 points. That is a 30 goal. 40 assist, 75, 70 point pace as a rookie. Well, not to mention Marco Rossi will be up here next year. As a 20 year old rookie. Well, now 21. Yeah. He can drink yeah. now, but as a 21 year old rookie. It's yeah, a he can drink. Place. That was the Nashville game. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they got they him pulled. Did. 
<laughs> I tried to I tried to poorly extrapolate the math with the Fiala Boldy Goudreau line over an 82 game span. And it's something like Fiala would be a 44 goal scorer, 100 point guy. Boldy would be like a 75 point guy, 30 goals somewhere around there. And Freddie Goudreau would be like a 25 goal scorer, 70 point guy himself. Like it's been those are numbers that you'd take as like first your, line. Your top, your top line. line. Yes. yes. And we got another line that is doing better than better. that. <laughs> it's better than that. Yeah. Brian right. Hartman, 60 points. Come on. I mean, that's wow. You'd have told me that before the season. I would have called you nuts. I mean, like what, for a third line guy. Oh, never mind. He's a first line center and he's gonna kill 60 it. points and he's sniffing. 30 goals. He's not going to get there. He's at like 22, but he's, he's, or no, he's over 30. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's at 31, 31. Goals. I was going to say, he's got 30 no, 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 goals. Sorry. It's, on, it's the lizard King. That's at 22. Yes. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, we're just fine. He's a, he's a, he's a playmaker, man. Time, so. Unreal. Also um, how just quickly, how snake bitten this franchise has been to where we're, we could have, well, we'll probably have two players break the all time points in a single season yep. arc this year and a third that is going to be in the top five in franchise history. Yeah. I mean, uh, ridiculous. We could honestly, we could, it's totally within reason that we have three players break the all time points record for the Minnesota wild in one season. Um, I mean, which is you know, going over a hundred points. He, he's oh, not yeah. going to be denied, which is, no. I, if you'd have told me he was going to go over a hundred points in a second season, I'm, Nine, nine and a half mil. Wow, looking very nice right now. If you'd have told me he was going over, if you'd have told, I honestly, I still believe that he was going to have a good season, even though he started off this the year. Like, I think he had like, like five points in his first 20 games or something stupid like that. And all the fans were bitching and complaining because, you know, that's what we do. And they're all like, oh, I can't believe we paid this guy nine million. What a scrub. He's just lazy, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, yeah, since then, yeah, he's at a 130 point pace since uh mm-hmm. since like mid-november it's unbelievable kid is filthy just absolutely sick nasty um this does you know kevin fiala since the boldy line like you said uh since since the the boldy goudreau fiala line has started kevin fiala is at like 110 i think you said point pace yep so that leads us to the uh, the final question before we let you go. And that will also double as your wild take. What the hell are we going to do with Kevin Fiala this offseason? Because um, it seems like there's one super obvious answer. And yet, all the signs are pointing towards not doing the obvious thing. I, I think it was pretty easy coming into this season for Bill Guerin to say, yeah, we, we need to see more of it before we make the call. Or... This is a guy that we can trade. I think he probably had him pegged as this is a guy we can trade heading into the season. He'll have a year similar to what he had last year, and we'll trade him for assets, and uh, that'll be the end of it. But as the season has gone on, Kevin Fiala coming into this year, good goal scorer, didn't offer you a lot else other than on offense. But look at what happened in the game against the Canadians in one of those final penalty kills that the wild had where Fiala got called for tripping. My immediate thought was, Oh shit, there goes our best penalty killer. And so Fiala has added the ability to play on the PK. Yeah. He has upped his offense this year. And you're looking at a guy who is 25 years old has played in the NHL for, this is his eighth season, I think. Holy seventh shit. or eighth season. Yeah, he's um, been playing for a minute. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it was like five or six. We are seeing the beginning of the prime of Kevin Fiala's career. And so I understand the other side of the coin of people who say he's doing this just because he's trying to get himself as good of a contract as he possibly can. I get that. I'm not going to accept it because this is just the point in players' careers where they take it to the next level. Right. And so, yes, the objective for Bill Guerin coming into the season was, hey, let's make sure Kevin Fiala has a great year. Trade him for what we can in the offseason. I think Kevin Fiala's performance has gone to the level that I don't know that Guerin will be able to. I don't know if it's something that this franchise can do. 
in trading him because I think he has become such an integral part to what this team is doing. And people fire back and say, well, he only had three goals in his first 25 games. Victor Rask was his center and Freddie Goudreau was playing a wing. So he didn't have Mm -hmm. anybody else that could help facilitate the offense on that line. So teams are like, okay, we'll double Fiala easy. Mm -hmm. Enter Matt Boldy. And now you're seeing this just immediate chemistry because you got somebody else that you can give the puck to. And it's also improved Goudreau's game. (laughs) Exactly. It's improved Goudreau. It's improved everybody. I know it's not going to be easy to do because Fiala is going to ask for the moon. And trust me, I would go up there and I would attach a rocket to it and like say, okay, let's bring it down to earth. It's yours. It's going to require some tough choices, but isn't that where this franchise is headed anyway with Mm -hmm. what's going on with Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter's buyouts? There are going to have to be tough choices made either way. So you might as well lock in a franchise cornerstone wing to give you Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala to move through these buyouts. And then if they want to leave at that point because we haven't done anything, that's their prerogative. But I would love the opportunity to have those two be your focal points on offense and have an insane amount of money to spend and build a team around and go for a Stanley Cup. I think the Wild are going to rue the day if they allow Kevin Fiala to walk or if they trade him. Because the other thing, too, is let's say you get assets back. Your first objective becomes, okay, we got to find a Kevin Fiala type in the draft, or we got to find a Kevin Fiala type to add to that line. I know Marco Rossi's coming up. He's not a Kevin Fiala. Just re-sign Kevin Fiala, get it done, so that I don't have to, so that I can stop talking about it. Otherwise, we're going to find an it's always sunny tie-in that I can just hammer over and over and over over the entire offseason. And I'm telling you, if they don't, I'm going to be just miserable to uh, to deal with. Yeah, they got a lot of rooks coming up here in the next few years that are going to be on rookie contracts that are going to be five serviceable players. We hope. Don't know if, yeah. but I mean, all signs point to that way. We have, I mean. You look at Dewar, you look at Duhame, you look at Rossi down in the A, you look at Lambos coming up here in a few years. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have skill and should be able to fill, you know, bottom six or even top six. Look at Boldy. Who thought he would have got brought up and been a second line guy? And it's been almost immediately. So I don't know. You got to throw the moon at him, like you said, strap a rocket to it, bring it down. You got to get Fiala on this team next season. He's too important to it. <laughs> And I know, I know the number that people point to with Matt Dumba in the lineup that the Wild are like 38, 13, and 5. I think the Wild, when Kevin Fiala scores a point, one point or more, are like 35, 10, and 6. Hmm. And he's at a point per game pace almost right now. He's about one point behind it. He also plays every game. Mm-hmm. Matt Dumba has not played in what? 13, 14 straight games, something well, like he, that. He also has been injured, I feel like, a lot throughout his career. So, The most time that Kevin Fiala has missed that. was because of that suspension at the beginning of last year after the boarding call against the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, yeah. That's the most he has ever missed in a season. He had a couple of other games, I think, where he was just generally dinged up. But other than that, he's a guy that plays every day. He's 25 years old. He is an elite scorer, and he has shown that he can add other elements to his game. It's a no-brainer for me, no matter what it takes to make it happen. You just you have to do it. Get it done, Billy G. This is about fucking winning. It's so preaching. If it, right? if it is about fucking winning, I got some news for you, gentlemen. Uh, I did the map based off of uh, Seth's numbers there. And when Kevin Fiala scores a point, the Wild are 35, 10, and 6, as Seth said. And that leads uh, that leads to over an 82-game season because Kevin Fiala is at a uh, just under a point-a-game pace. Over an 82-game season, that means that the Minnesota Wild uh, are on a 122-point pace season. The math don't lie. Just saying. And this is a kid who is entering his prime. Not in it already. <laughs> entering. Crazy oh. to think about. 
Seth, thank you very much for hopping on, man. It was great having you. We will uh, we'll definitely be in touch, and we'll we'll try and figure something out for the playoffs because uh, it's going to be a really good time. Where can the people find you, man? Plug away. Make sure that you are uh, checking out Locked on Wild. You can see my extremely memeable face on uh, our YouTube channel and uh, new pods every day, um, Monday through Friday. So make sure to check that out. At Seth, T-O-U-P-S, you can find my general uh, tweets about everything mostly the twins losing, but uh, we, we talk a lot of wild as well. So at Seth Topes at locked on wild everywhere, you can find it. We're there and uh, no better time to hop on than now because the playoff train is about to leave the station and it is not going to stop until Lord Stanley has been uh, personally greeted by uh, general manager, Bill Guerin. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thanks fellas. Big thanks to Seth for coming on. As always, make sure that you go check out Lockdown Wild, uh, which he has cleverly and politely dubbed your first listen of the day. Um, Wild have a big week coming up. We talked about it a little bit with Seth and talked about it a little bit uh, before. First up on, on the week, we've got a rematch against Bruce and the Canucks. The Canucks are still technically fighting for a playoff spot. They're technically alive. It is going to be tough. And they're already going through some serious goalie problems. There's a very good chance that the Wild see AHL goalie Spencer Martin. Um, so good luck. <laughs> good luck to him. Uh, the Wild also have a uh, their first game against the Seattle Kraken of the Victor Rask era. Um, the Wild should win that pretty handily. The Kraken are terrible, and they are openly tanking for the uh, top spot in the Shane Wright lottery. And then between now and the next episode, the Wild will have our final match of the season against the Predators. This is probably the most important game left in the season um it's going to be a big tone setter it is our final road game of the year and it is our last game against an opponent who will still be actively trying to improve their position so yeah i mean and they've they've kind of owned us this year it's pretty important in the terms of like getting that mental you know right getting over that mental block like oh we can't beat st louis or nashville you know so Mm -hmm. like all right we're good before we go, we are going to end the show the way that we end every show by giving our wild takes. Zooch, what is your wild take? My wild take, and when you hear this, you're probably going to go, okay, that's not very wild. But if you saw our team, you would know it's a very wild take. Our softball team, 10K takes softball team, is going to double our win total from last season. Oh, shit. One to two. So... <laughs> And, and I know it sounds pathetic, but no, we are not very good, guys. They're very yeah. bad. We are very bad, and I don't think uh, it, we might have lost a few players that were iffy, but we also lost our best player. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's not looking good for the 10K team. But like I said on Twitter today, we got no love, which I was very surprised. It isn't about fucking winning for the 10K softball team. It's about fucking content. So, right. That's what we're going to be some content. That's for damn sure. Yes, that's for damn sure. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to following along from the comforts of my own home in North Carolina. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I have kind of a downer of a wild take. The I don't think that the wild are going to figure out what the hell's going on with their special teams. It's been an issue for most of the year, and we've seen it in spurts get better when the wild have had time to actually like sit down and practice. Unfortunately, the wild won't really have time to practice before the playoffs start. And, you know, once the playoffs do start, it is really difficult to have like dedicated physical practice because like you don't want to be gassed. You want to make sure everybody's got their legs under them for the uh, the most important game of the season. So that being said, I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, there's there's not going to be any time to practice, but the Wild have been really, really good at five on five all year uh, as a fun little factoid, too. Um, as terrible as the, uh, wilds penalty kill has been, it is in large part due to the fact that the wild are the second most penalized team in the NHL behind only the national predators. So that, uh, that final match against the Preds is going to be a sucker fest. It's going to be ridiculous. They should just put the special teams out for the entire game. We'll just switch off and on. They'll yeah. go on. They're like the old scrimmages back in when we were, yeah, the power play and penalty kill. Yeah. The, um, the blues are the fifth least penalized team in the league. So that's, you know, a little bit of a bummer, but uh, I did, uh, I did do a little bit of research into this and this, these numbers come to you 
courtesy of soundofhockey.com and they go through the playoffs of last season, which obviously they can't have gone through the playoffs this year because they haven't happened yet. But um, everybody has always, you know, we always say that the, the, you know, playoff penalties don't get uh, called as frequently. And that is true um, unless it's a blowout. So actually the average playoff game has more penalties called, but that's only because in a three plus goal game, an average of 8.2 penalties are called per game. If the game is at all close, the uh, there's an average of less than three penalties called per game, which is lower than the regular season average of 3.4 penalties called per game. So basically, you know, the refs swallow their whistles unless it's an absolute blowout. And that NBA should is, follow suit. Yeah. God. And that is how your Minnesota Wild are going to be able to basically offset their atrocious special teams is by just not having to deal with them. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my wild take is that the power play and the, and the penalty kill are not going to get better. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. I don't think it's um, as big of a deal, but we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. You know, knock on all the wood, pray to all of your hockey gods. It's going to be probably being the most penalized team in the league or second, whatever. Second else. Yeah doesn't help your penalty kill much so <laughs> no exactly there's yeah, also it's gonna that be, it's going to be a slugfest for sure um so yeah that's going to do it for this week on the wild takes podcast make sure that you check in uh sorry quick sec that's going to do it for us this week on the wild takes podcast thank you for listening make sure that you check out next week because we have a very special guest with uh next week's episode and it's going to drop on kirill kaprizov's birthday april 26th so Make sure that uh, when you listen to the episode, you say happy birthday to Kirill because he deserves it and he's delightful. <laughs> yes. So, cheers to you, our Soviet savior. As always, thanks for listening to the Wild Takes podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Go give us a follow on social media at Wild Takes 10K and make sure to follow the rest of 10K stuff as well. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. That's a win-win for you. And remember, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Let's go wild. Stay safe, my friends. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go! Get up, get up, and then they got go.